you got to question everything. I mean, I'm not saying you have to debunk everything or try to argue everything, but you have to question everything at this point. That's it. Welcome to the common sense theory, baby. Common sense, that's all we ask. Let's go! Cheers. Cheers. Let's start out with... um, So, what the fuck is going on in California? Okay. Um, We lived here, obviously. I'm not from here. You are. But um, to me, it's changed in the last, like, 10 years at least. Maybe having to do a little bit with the specific person in power. But um, Hmm. I I, I feel like we have kids. Our kids are similar in age. Um, Feels to me like... We live in a little bit of a crazy state right now. Yeah. De- um, I don't know if it was 10 years, if it was COVID, how it got worse, but with the homeless population, the lockdowns, um, the cost of living, housing prices, seems like a little bit of a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah, housing prices are fun right now. Um, nobody can afford to buy a house, and, and the wages have not changed, and, uh, and inflation, that's pretty fun. I think wages have gone up a little bit. Um, I don't have anything to cite. Uh, what, what's been the average wage increase? But <clears throat> you know, money's been cheap to borrow for a long time, and that's kind of um, added fuel to the fire of the high housing costs. Yeah, and and the fact that well, that's interesting because there's no inventory to buy houses. Really, it's very little, which is driving the price up. But I've heard in, in a lot of the news that there's a shit ton of people leaving California. Hmm. I hear that too. Um, 2007 had the same feel, low inventory, everything's flying off the market. Um, it was a little bit different. You, you know, with stated income back then, you can pretty much anyone could buy a house. And it's not that way now. So I don't know. I, I don't know if money's being left to. Millennials coming up, maybe. I've heard I've heard a lot about that. Yeah, lots of gifted money before that they so they didn't have to get taxed on it, and more cash going into the system of people who didn't who got it gifted to them. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, you know, stock market has has all time highs. Anybody that had money in the market, they've made more money than they ever had in a quick amount of time. I think you know, except for the last few days. Well. <laughs> I got my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, would the market go up 20% last year? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's a huge amount of wealth being uh, uh, created for people that, uh, you know, maybe have kids that they can take that money now and give it to them. Yeah. All right. So we call this the Common Sense Theory Podcast, mostly for a reason of um, there's a lot of, in in my opinion, obviously, this is an opinion podcast, but people don't really use their common sense anymore which in in my opinion there's a lot of sheep being led and lots of media being put out there who knows what's right or wrong but regardless of what you choose to watch that's what you believe right so um that's kind of a problem for me like in a big way I don't think that we're going to move forward, especially with the divisiveness of our media these days in terms of anything positive. Um, but getting back to California, I was in L.A. last week on a work trip, and there's more fucking homeless people than I've ever seen there. Yeah. It's a shit show. 
yeah. a total shithole. And where we live, um, not far from LA, there's more homeless people than I've ever seen here under that bridge that we know of. I mean, there used to be maybe one guy I'd see on a bench, and now there's a full fucking encampment. So, you know. I would, I would say Orange County's not immune to it. You know, three years ago we had, I think it was somewhere around 20,000 people living off the Santa Ana Riverbed. Yeah. And the ACLU would not let the uh, law enforcement go in and clean them out. They filed lawsuits to do that. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with tolerance and programs to get people with mental um, health issues, uh, taking care of therapy, uh, you know, a lot of different avenues uh, why the people are there. A lot of them are mental uh, illnesses. A lot of them are drug use. And, you know, along the Anaheim or the Santa Ana Riverbed, for a lot of them, it was a party. You know, there's people that didn't, you know, want to leave. They didn't feel they were, homeless was a choice for them. They wanted to live in this kind of free spirit campground off the 57 freeway along the Santa Ana Riverbed. So they were able to clear that out. Which to <clears throat> most of those people didn't want to leave. Most of them did not. I mean, I saw uh, a news guy go down there. I don't even know what channel it was. And he's like, what are you doing here? Like, I love it. This is great. It's free living. And we were, we're stealing power from somewhere. Yeah. Like they had microwaves and TVs. They were stealing cable. Like they had full houses set up. But I think that's part, part of the problem. I, I haven't been to San Francisco lately, but I've heard that it's kind of crazy up there too. But the majority and... You know, I think there's a lot of mental illness, but I don't know the stats, but I think there's a shit ton of drug use and drug abuse. And there's a, a lot of those people, from what I understand, they choose to do it. Yeah, I, w I wonder if the o opioid crisis has contributed to the mental illness side of things that people get connect, uh, hooked on heroin after that. So Yeah, slippery methadone slip. clinics, yeah. which are another gnarly talking point. drug. Um but it, so on that topic, I went up to L.A. with the guy that I was with and we I was like stunned because I lived there for 10 years. And I was like, I've never seen this. And he goes, oh, look over there to the right. And there's this old parking lot. And in the parking lot, it was fenced off. And there were these little really nice, almost like modern. They look like backyard shacks from like when we were kids where you keep like your there's enough room. You know what I mean? Like to keep your lawnmower and all your shit. Dude, they were gorgeous and they were in rows it kind of looked a little like in a, a prison encampment but they all had air conditioning units sticking out of them and i was like what's that he's like that's a homeless center yeah, yeah. and i was like well what's the criteria like what why are these guys in tents right outside like all around it and he said well because they have to get drug tested to go in there mm. and they can't and they do a breathalyzer and he's like it's been empty yeah because they're offering free housing, but they're choosing to sit right outside. And they offer them food. There's three meals a day. There's a bathroom. There's showers. Yeah. It's sad. Because well, it's I forget the stat, but um, I think L.A. County, I think the number was like 120000 a year they spend per homeless person. How? Yeah. Like on what? Kind of want to look it up while uh, we're here right now. It's something. It, it's very close to that, um, and it, it's just mismanaged. It's you know, because um, you've been to Skid Row. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. They've yeah. actually cleaned it up a lot because. Um, but it's bigger. It's bigger. It's definitely bigger. So. Uh, oh yeah, go for it. So. Um, 
once we're after we pass through this, we'll we'll get through California in I don't know a couple months of talking. But um, uh, I went through Skid Row and I used to go buy some like I used to go to this. It was like a well, I used to go to a Japanese market down there. It's called Mitsua and um, great spot. Really nice. It was like in a mall. And uh, we, I drove by there, and the entire thing shut down, like full homeless encampments. It's kind of it's not near Skid Row, but it's around there. But Skid Row has grown into that area now. I mean, Skid Row used to be a street. Now it's a fucking neighborhood. Yeah. And there's cops down there, but there's like people dealing drugs openly. They can't really figure out a problem. The jails down there are overcrowded. I mean, it's. I, I guess my question is what what. For California, well, like, is, do you think there's a, do you think there's an answer? Because well, we live in a nice area, and there's even shit happening here. Yeah, they're a little tough running here. Just to give you a, a L.A. County spends 100 million dollars a year on homeless and 87 million on law enforcement interventions. So 187 million dollars on homeless. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to know how many homeless people they have. It says 44,000. <laughs> so what is that per person it's only about 3,000 so I'm, I'm curious about this uh, article I just pulled up but you know there, there is no good solution and you know people don't agree with my argument but I think it's a tolerance issue the more you uh, tolerate the worse it'll get um, you know I can tell you uh, this gentleman I was talking to, his daughter lives in San Francisco, and um, they kind of live in a little community. It's like 10 houses. And all the homeowners had to, uh, you know, collect some money, and they had to hire personal security guards because it wasn't safe to go outside their house. In San Francisco? Yeah. In the city proper? In the city, yeah. Uh, I think it's in the marina. That's frightening. Yeah, so you, you ask yourself, what can you do, right? I mean, Orange County has homeless. We, we, we had a major problem off the riverbed, like I talked about, for a long time. And it's gone. Well, where'd they go? I don't have the answers to that. I know. It, it, but they dealt They're with not it. housing them, I can tell you that. I mean, They did in motels. They gave them a certain amount of time in motels, but they, they had, you know, there were certain cutoffs, you know, where, where they would have to find different accommodations. And also what's interesting is I heard Portland a couple of years ago uh, was paying people, buying people a bus ticket and giving them money to go to Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach couldn't figure out how they had all these homeless they never did. Well, they were being bused down there by Portland, Oregon. Sweet. That's good. Yeah. You can fact check so, me on that, but uh, that, I read that somewhere about... That's one way to handle Portland's issues that they have right now. Yeah, well, that's a whole other topic. Um, <laughs> so since we're on California, and we'll stay on California as like a general topic right now. Um, we both have kids in school. Yep. One of the biggest issues for me um, was the way that school, the, the schools handled the COVID situation, right? I mean, we saw just, for me, the biggest thing that happened was the screen time use skyrocketed, and that's... There's plenty of studies on screen time um, about how it affects kids' brains, especially at the age that they're at. Um, that it stifles development, and in fact, they think that it actually lowers their IQ the more they're on it. 
I think it creates anxiety and depression as well. I agree. And so we just had, speaking of that in terms of communication and stuff, um, anxiety and depression is really important. I think I've dealt with that with one of my kids and, um, because of maybe, maybe because of the pandemic and being secluded, but he's lived a pretty normal life otherwise. But, um, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. So, um, so I was saying, I was taking my kid to it, to his winter formal today. And, I was like, wow, the element of surprise is gone. Like we used to, you know, you'd show up and like your your girlfriend would show up and you'd be like, whoa, she looks great. Well, in the car on the way, which is three minutes away, they're Snapchatting each other and I, yeah. they're like they're showing each other the thing and they're talking. And then the minute we get there, all the boys went to one section and all the girls went to another and they didn't talk to each other. Yeah, that might be normal. <laughs> I don't remember after, a couple of years ago, but uh, I don't think that, I think we, yeah, we didn't go to our own groups. We went to dances. We would still stay stand by our date. The yeah, time. I mean, we had to like force them to do pictures. And we're like, all right, girl, you know, let's go down dates. And they were just like, what? This is horrible. You know, they're young. You know, I don't want to say what grade your son's in, but um, they're younger, and none of them are in serious relationships. Like, no, that's they're, true. They're like holding hand phase, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. I guess the the biggest thing is the repercussions of the social media and, and how it's gotten worse and worse and worse in the pandemic. My my overall point was that the way California handled it was stay inside, don't go near anybody. You and I, early on, I think a month into the pandemic, we decided to do what they were calling pods, right? And so we started traveling together, and yeah. which was considered fucking just we're super spreader, unruly psychos, right? But we're all still alive and our kids are healthy. We're healthy and we kept their brains a little healthier. Yeah. I think COVID has been like a relationship like developed, you know, in in the beginning you don't know about a person and you know, we didn't know a lot about COVID. So I think the initial knee jerk reaction maybe was appropriate, but within a short amount of time, things looked a lot different and people didn't let go of that knee jerk reaction of mandates and masks and all this uh, kids zooming. And, you know, my kids have had COVID. They blew through it like it was nothing. Yeah, mine too. I've had COVID. My wife's had COVID. We blew it. We're younger, you know. Obviously, if we were 70 years old, we would need to be uh, more careful on the people we surround ourselves with and, you know, the places we went to. But all in all, it was like a cold for us or, you know, mild flu, if you will. And, uh it just seems like we just went so far over the line where we needed to go. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, people's lives have been shattered. <clears throat> Businesses ruined. Um, you know, one of my sons did okay through COVID through school. The other one struggled. Yeah. Zoom was not for him. And yeah. he got a year behind, two years behind. Um, yeah. He never gets that time back. No. And I think that's a, that's a good point too, because I think that's another thing in California that, um, had a huge impact, at least for us, I know, the fucking teachers' unions and how they fought to not go back to school, um, claiming that it was for their health. And, but, you know, in, in my, in, 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 not trying to be super controversial here, but, um, you know, if you're a teacher, you're teaching for kids, right? Not, you want the best for the kids. 
and we knew early on that this was not killing kids. This wasn't affecting kids. So why did the teachers fight so hard to stay out of the classrooms and not bring the kids back, knowing that mental health was such a big fucking hurdle, and it was just—I mean, really disrupting kids' lives and mm -hmm. going to school. That's an integral part of growing up is being. In, in a social scenario, learning how to grow, learning how to communicate. I mean, and these teachers fought and fought and fought and fought and fought yeah. to not go back, collect their fucking paychecks. And so, I mean, we talked about this. Like, if we had said, you're not getting paid until you go back to school, they would have been back in school. Well, I have two thoughts on that because, you know, I think there probably were, you know, I've seen a lot of teachers who are older and overweight and they probably had legitimate concerns, right? Sure, but then you can sit in a bubble. You can stand behind your glass and let the fucking kids who we know it's not going to hurt uh, I'm, I'm, have their mental I'm not stability. saying that, um, that you know, they shouldn't have been held accountable to their job they had. But also, you know, the, typically the, the noisiest group gets the most attention. And I think that there were a lot of teachers that did want to go back. That they, there were, hate, they yeah. hated Zoom. We know, we know a lot of them. And so, you know, with... You know, unions and teachers unions and especially government unions, they have a ton of power and they always want more money and they want more and more and more. And uh, I think teachers deserve to make good money. They have, a, you know, they're teaching our future. But I think the union also uses it as leverage to get more. Yeah. I mean, these bills that were passed, how much money do the school unions get? Yeah. I mean, a ton. Yeah. Uh, my, my kids go to private school, as you know. They When COVID hit, they were in public schools. And fortunately, um, my older son was able to get into a private school right away. And, you know, they had to wear masks, which, you know, you can make an argument whether those work or not. But he was in class. You know? Yeah. And uh, he really, he only did about six months of, uh, of Zoom. So he didn't get as far behind. And I think we were pretty close behind, just in particular where we are. I think our public schools, but because we rallied and fought. To get them back in school, we were back in school before a lot of people were. But um, <clears throat> that, so, that, go ahead. It, it just—it's been tough, you know. I, I, you know, people dying, you know, especially with the Wuhan virus or you know the the first one in the Delta. It it was a lot more deadly to people that were sure. had core morbidities, and you know, if a lot of teachers died, that would look really bad too. So I yeah. think it was a tough situation. Uh, there was really no right answer, but to me, they should have looked at leaned on the side of what's best for the kids. Yeah, that's, and they didn't. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with that. Is that I, it seemed, you know, and again, we can go into how the entire world works now. Everything's fucking political instead of what's best for what you're strive for. I mean, everything's clickbait, right? Well, and, and well, also, you know, look at look at the news. Look at look at cars. I mean, we've gone into this. Everything's financially based, and for me, those teachers, it was it became they were getting paid their full salary, which also went towards their pension. There was no nothing that there was no penalty at all. So, and then these private businesses are suffering with shutting down. Oh, they're, yeah. they're losing everything, but yet some government. Uh, union gets to keep everything that they not lose a beat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, a little and the government people are the ones telling the businesses to shut down. Meanwhile, all their employees are still getting their full compensation. Yeah. It's interesting. That's, 
so talking about that, those are my dogs. That's great. Good dog. Um, so, hey, speaking of that, the small business, because we both are, um, I'm a small business owner, you are a business owner as well. Um, there's a specific story, and we, I know some restaurateurs in L.A., LA is also different because it's LA County, so they had different rules. They still have different rules than where we are. There's different counties have different rules, but um, there was something that was pretty disturbing to me early on in the. Hey, no. <laughs> um, I also was in. I have friends in the movie business, and and uh, so one of our friends that we know owned a restaurant <clears throat> owned a restaurant and at one time they were allowed to build outside seating because you know they had found out hey that the COVID doesn't transmit outside as much and um, so it's basically at all um, but they let them build outside seating and then at one point they said hey now you have to pay for the parking spots you're taking up and so they were yeah. okay, they were okay with that they said okay we'll do that but she spent a hundred thousand dollars on building an outdoor area mostly because it was regulated that it had to be safe because if cars came and yeah. hit it like yeah. so there the was huge cinder blocks and barriers and then heat lamps and coverings and everything and then um the next day after she spent the hundred grand they shut her down and she went to a restaurant and in the same parking lot there was a movie crew filming and they were allowed to film and they had the exact same setup but it was even more ramshackle there wasn't the safety precautions put in place or anything and they were out there eating there was a chef and everything yeah. and so when i heard that story from her i was like that's crazy and she actually ended up going out of business and that movie ended up still getting made and they kept popping around and doing all that so i guess my my biggest problem is that there's there's not, uh, some businesses were i mean like that's your argument with gyms being shut down you know, we all knew that if you were healthy and, you know, uh, worked out all the time, you were less likely to die from COVID. Yeah. All the gyms got shut down. But I think that leads into, like, government in general. Like, what is government there for? And I don't want to get too, but... Yeah, get to. <laughs> <laughs> like, COVID specifically, it was their job to inform us of this. Uh, you know, let us know the, you know, the risks people would take, but... I don't believe it's their job to tell us how to live. We get to make choices. So if a restaurant wants to say, hey, everybody that comes in, you have a mask on and you need to be vaccinated, then that restaurant should be able to say that. Yeah. It's their restaurant. And if a restaurant says, hey, come on in, I don't give a shit if you don't have a mask on, I don't care if you're vaccinated, that's their right. The argument to that, though, from the vaccination side is that then you're causing potentially issues to other people's health. But if they're vaccinated, what do they care? So that's a, a, a that's a, a mainstream media narrative that I've heard a lot about, um, and they've obviously made that like the the right wing kind of thing, which I'm not. Um, made what the right wing thing? I'm sorry. The if they're vaccinated, what do they care? Oh, that's like a that's a that's a narrative that's come around to being, you know, well because it's not about that, and we're you know you're. You can spread it, which there's no data that shows that yeah. people yeah. who are unvaccinated can spread it more or whatever. We can get into that later. But um, there is... We haven't been able to find any data. There may be data out there. 
I've tried. There's really not that much data because, I mean, look, the first nurse got shot up December 24th, 2019, which is 14 no, months ago. The first, first nurse. No, December 19th, 2019. So right before 2020. I looked it up. It's, it's 14 months ago. COVID hit us in... Sorry, 20, maybe 20. 20. Yeah. yeah, 20. So whatever it was, the first shot was given to a nurse in New York City yeah. 14 months ago. So other than that, they really don't have any data in terms of how you can transmit it. They, they just don't know. Yeah. And it's... Um, but, well, the, but the narrative is... You, we all know the narrative, right? Is that I need to fucking... Just hold on. I need to fucking pause this for a second. All right, we're back. Um. <laughs> well, I guess the point I was getting to is, you know, how far does the government roles go? So, you know, it used to be, you know, our military or police or firemen, you know, was all part of the teachers, you know, was something that the government provided. And then, you know, it's expanded more to public health now, having a bigger part and bigger and say what we do. And it's a it blows my mind a little bit because there's so many things in the United States that kills a ton of people a year you know fast food um, alcohol tobacco a lot of things right sure and uh, it, it, we're not shutting down McDonald's you know no. we're not it, it was it's just so to me their job was to inform the population of what the risks are and it's it's not their job to control our lives yeah and if you want to sit home and you want to put four masks on and you don't want to, you want to order all your food through a delivery service, then I think you should do that. And yeah. I won't judge you for it if that's your comfort zone. But, you know, it's been so distorted out there, so much stuff. I mean, we're two years into this pandemic and my kid had a basketball game, right? Four kids on the court with full mask on below their chin. Yeah. Under their chin? Under their chin. Yeah. My son had a basketball game last night. Two kids on the opposing team had masks on under their chin. Yeah. It, it's it's like some brain, the people have been like brainwashed. Does it have like a special force on it? Like, you know, sorry. Sorry. Right. Um, and, and that's where I'm just like, they, they it was an overreach. This whole COVID thing was an overreach in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think it was, I think it started out um, from the way that I have been, you know, from, Again, my opinion, um, I think everybody starts out with the best intentions. Sure. You hope, right? That's what, I, that's what I give everybody. But it very quickly, especially when monetary situations come into play, that goes away real fucking quick, especially when the amount of money that can be made becomes apparent as quickly as it became. You, you know the saying, always follow the money. Look through this pandemic. Two, all the, you know, they did the the PPP loans, which helped a lot of small businesses get through it. But a lot of small businesses didn't make it through. No, right? No. So who's making the money? Yeah. Well, and so that's interesting that you brought that up because um, so my small business, um, I when this first happened, we've got kids, and I was like, what the fuck's gonna happen? I applied for unemployment because I'm self-employed. Um, so I started getting the, I got this card in the mail that was just like, you know when have you been working? Well, nobody was fucking working. So I said, no, I haven't been paid. I haven't been paid. I think they sent me 10 grand out of the gates on this card. And I was like, holy shit, you know, this is wow. But I guess that's, but I paid towards unemployment 
through my mm-hmm. um, my payment company that I've used for years. And anyway, to make a long story short, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail saying, you've been overpaid from unemployment, which I stopped doing right away, as soon as I started working because yeah. we are we were considered a essential, know, business. essential business. So I was working through the pandemic and I stopped collecting unemployment as soon as I could um, and then got this letter two weeks ago saying you were overpaid um, by $4,600 of your unemployment. You can fight this, but you have to fight it by this date. And the day that I got the letter, I opened it. And the date that I had to fight it by was the previous day. (laughs) So then I called EDD. I've called the IRS. We've called, you can't get in touch with anybody. It's pay it or you're fucked. We're going to start rate wage garnishing you, which would be funny because I don't, whatever. Um, But I tried to call 50 different people. So I finally got a hold of one guy. And what he said to me was, um, yeah, you you were overpaid, so you owe this money, and, and that's that. And I said, well, wh-? and he goes, and you didn't fight, you didn't put up, you didn't butte it in time. And I said, well, I couldn't have because I received it a day after my date. And he said, well, you know, who's your employer? And I named it, and then he goes, well, who, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, well, you're your own employer. You own the corporation. I said, yes. He goes, well, and this is exactly what the EDD guy said to me. He said, that's why this system is set up so that people like you don't try to scam it. So he said to me, mm-hmm. and I go, I wasn't trying to scam anybody, dude. I, I, look, I'm, I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. We were locked in our house. Nobody knew what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to have work. I didn't know what was going to happen. I've got kids I have to support. Sure. Roof over my head. And he said, no, no, we know what's going on with people like you. You know, you guys run your own business. I see where you live. This is The system is set up so that you guys don't try to scam the system. I go, for $4,300, do you think I try to scam the fucking system? So anyway, he goes, well, you can't fight it. You've passed your date. So then I was like, well, fuck you. Like, I got pissed at him. <laughs> so then I call back. Two days later, I talked to somebody else. And it was a woman, and she's like, Listen, at this point, the way the system is set up, you have to pay that or they're going to start garnishing wages. just going to hit your credit and everything. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to pay it because I don't want that. But this is wrong. I, I, I didn't intentionally do anything. I supplied the right paperwork, everything. She goes, I agree. This is, this is the woman who works there. It's wrong. And, they're, and I said, are they targeting me because I'm a small business? And she said... I can't say that. This conversation is probably being recorded. So I'm going to leave it to your own devices to think of what's going on. But, you know, it's only $4,000. I mean, to a lot of people, that's a lot of money. But there's people who fucking, there's companies that are getting $20 million, you know. And, And anyway, part of the pandemic and all this whole shit and how it's been run that's just a fraction of what's been happening to people and their families and what's going on. And I know that it's, again, specific to, Cal- I don't know if it's specific to California, but anyway, I paid it. Yeah. And now I've got to fight it, which I'll never fucking win because you can't get a hold of anybody. And I just kind of have to eat it. Yeah. Call it a day. 
Well, a lot of money went out there in that time through, like I said, the PPP loans. And and I think they did help a lot of businesses. And there's a lot of people that take advantage of it. I think they... I read an article the other day. So you, the PPP loans were for payroll, uh, rent. Um, there's a certain amount of things you could put, you know, say, hey, I spent all this money and then you get forgiveness for it. Yeah. They did an audit recently on the PPP loans. And I think they said that only... 37% went to employees' payroll. <laughs> it, was like two, it was like $2 trillion or something like that. <laughs> Which I found pretty interesting. Well, there's a lot of nice new cars out there. I mean, there's a lot of... It, well, and this is true. Like There was a lot of spending going on. So I, I heard, you know, we know a mutual friend... Well, not a mutual friend. Uh, acquaintance who I've met a few times, but local business owner, he owns 12 bars around here. And he specifically said that people, and they were proud to say it. Oh yeah, I'm sp- oh, we're going out, man. We're spending our PPP money. This is our, it's free money. It's free money. I mean, there's arguments for that because that money being spent is employing people. It's making more money. You know, it, there is a trickle effect to that. Um, but I, I think the program was good in theory, but you know, if, and I go back to the government thing. It's just any. It's so difficult for them to manage that in a way that people don't take advantage of it. Yeah. I. I yeah. And again, it leads to. I think everybody's initial intent is good, and I, or at least I hope it is. No, I, I think it definitely helped. I mean, I think it helped businesses for sure. It helped some businesses, but how many businesses went under? I mean, a lot. And mostly small businesses. Mostly restaurants, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dwight, well, mom and pop shops. I mean, the one, the ones that really benefited from it were Amazon, fucking Walmart, fucking... All the big corporations. All the big corporations. Oh, Netflix. Netflix. Prime. Yeah. I mean... Apple. Um, well, and Disney was taking a shit because they most of their money was in cruise ships, amusement parks. They got fucking huge PPP loans. Disney Plus didn't make them back that money. Sorry. Yeah. It's doing well, but it didn't make them back hundreds of millions of dollars no i don't know i don't know either but i don't think so no. sounds good to me sounds good to you but um yeah it was covid also my wife was at the dry cleaner the other day picking up stuff she kind of, the guy kind of looked sad and she goes hey how's it going he goes oh you know we're just trying to stay alive so when covid hit their dry cleaning business um went to 15 percent. whoa of what they used to do and today it's back to 65 to 70% of what they used to do because so many people work from home now. Whoa. Yeah. That's huge. That's fucking it's huge. sad, right? Oh, it's amazing. He's, or he, she, it's amazing they're still in business. Yeah. I mean, 15%, you can only maintain for so long. Hopefully well, they got the payroll loan and hopefully people like that, it helped them get through it. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, today, 65 to 70%. That's crazy. Because, I mean, most businesses don't even run at a profit of 20%. So if you're at 15% total, what you're making of... They weren't making money, yeah. But maybe the, crushed. Pay, maybe the payroll loan helped them get through that. And, and uh, that's what it was there for. But now they're still... That money's gone, and they're still trying to keep the doors open. I, I feel like my dry cleaning bill's gone up, so maybe they're... Uh, <laughs> Maybe they're, they've marked it up a little bit to compensate for the... Well, that, look, yeah, the consumer's going to pay regardless, right? So that's, that's how it's the whole system's set up. But um, 
So let's speaking of that, let's go. Let's take a little U-turn here. Sure. Um, along the same topics, but I, I took some notes the other day when I was on my walk, and <clears throat> along the lines of also where normally people are. I give almost everybody the benefit of the doubt that you're in for the good, right? And, and things that are created are for good and to better humanity. Okay. Um, that being said, almost everything now, so when we talk about how our system is set up, you know, stop, once you grow a business, right? Because you want it. That's that's how we are built, right? We start a business. We want to grow. I want to do that with mine. You want to do that with yours. At what point do we hit, and where do we go with the fact that um, everything seems to be? You know, you said it earlier, and we talk about it all the time. Follow the money. I mean, everything. And I know we live in a capitalist society, so everything is money driven, right? Like, I mean, we talked about the homeless earlier. They don't have any money. They're homeless. And you talk about you want to make money. But at what point does that become the forefront and the backseat is taken to what you really are supposed to be doing or wanting to be doing initially? So let's take, you know, the phone or that's a hugely broad topic. But look, oh, my God, we're going to have this thing in our hand. Well, to me, it's detrimental. I fight with my fucking kids every day. Every minute about screen time. Two of us. Next it's days. it's destroying them, right? So, but they don't give a fuck because they just have to. They just have to meet the stockholders. They they have to beat oh, the last year's about, yeah. numbers, but not just companies. Even everything has to beat its numbers. So, like you know, your phone, it becomes obsolete eventually. You have to get a new phone because it, it doesn't work. I, I just got a notice in my in the a really really beautiful letter about my car and they probably they must have spent i mean it was like a three-fold tri-fold thing my car's a 2015 i keep it immaculate i got this thing we're sorry sir your car can't update anymore we've moved off 3g so it's going to 5g we really apologize there's nothing that can be done yeah well that's not really in the consumer's best interest or my best interest it's kind of fucking weird i paid a lot for that car and now i've got to get a new one because it just can't update. They can't update the chip that's in it. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's a technology thing, though, right? I mean, but it but it goes to everything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I did use technology as two things. But look at our healthcare system. Look, let's go back to COVID. Do you really think that the shots in everybody's best interest? I mean, I, or is it driven by fucking money? Because look, Pfizer's got to beat last year. They got to beat next year. I know we're. I'm, I'm taking a big leap here, and we're going into another area <laughs> but to me and you saying there was an overreach of government from the get-go i think that that's being exacerbated now and 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 there's a little bit of a panic zone because well, look, let's let's talk about big business and small business because they're two completely different things yeah publicly traded companies privately traded companies um government in my opinion most government, not all, like big businesses. Sure. I, I agree with that, but not who, everybody would, but okay. I do. Okay. Well, big why do Why do you think they like big businesses? Well, if you're a small independent business, you're independent. 
Right. And these big businesses, publicly traded, they get a, they get a lot of voices, and they have more. They govern more. You know, they have a. It's centrally governed. Big corporations are centrally governed. So, the government has more power over them. So the government has more power over them, and the, and they have more impact. You know, if it comes, if you have a big publicly traded company and they have a mandate that comes down, you have to do it. Yeah. And it reaches 20, 30, 50, 100,000 people. You got a small business, eight people, the government tells you to do something, like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, the bigger corporations get, you know, the more governance they have, the more, um, you know, donations that they give to politicians, lobbyist firms. Um, that's how politicians get in office, right? That's their... Um, that's a revenue stream is, you know, big, big time um, lobbyist firms. So do you think small businesses have them? I, mine doesn't. <laughs> a small, well, you Fuck know, no. your business has an association though. Yeah. And your association has a lobbyist firm working yeah, for them. That's true. That everyone pays dues to in. So, but I can, I can guarantee you that, you know, since pharma is such a, a current topic, they have a lot more money to spend on. They have more money than anybody on lobbyists. Yeah, for politicians, than your association has to spend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I hate saying that thing. Follow the money again, but uh, that seems to be the trail to follow. But money, I think, money is a good thing. Money's not a bad thing. It's great. It's just, thing. You know, people will take advantage of situations when they can. Yeah, I, I in particular. Specifically, going to what in the times we're in right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the leap and say that you know the pharmaceutical companies are probably the number one Tem- guilt, guilty party of taking advantage of any situation having to do with that. Tech, tech, I would say tech put tech in the same category. Yeah, I think, the, and I think they're pretty intertwined at this point, but. Um, you know, that's another subject. It, that's a long, that's a long rabbit hole. That's a long rabbit hole to go down. Um, so the, uh, what we were talking about too, and maybe I can get a little bit more specific because I we got a little bit, I didn't mean to get off topic, but, um, the other thing while you're looking that up back to, you know, the government. Yeah. The more they have to tell you what to do and take care of you, the weaker they make society. But that's my opinion. This is this is an opinion podcast, right? Absolutely. And you know, it's kind of like raising kids, right? If you make everything easy for them, they never have failure. You know, they're going to struggle in life. And I think it's the same with society. You have to society has to figure things out on their own. They can't have their hand held along the way the whole time, and that's very sad in some circumstances. Um, but it's it's kind of like with your children, giving them everything, not letting them fail, you know, it makes you feel good and, and, you know, makes your kid feel good during the time, but it's not building them for the future. Yeah. So, okay. Since you said that, and there's a topic that I wanted to talk about that directly ties into that. Right. So we've talked about this before, but, um, And I've thought a lot about this, like in terms of what success means, right? And and what uh, being smart means these days, right? So success in the in the big term, what do you want? You want your kid to be able to support himself and everything, right? But and we've had long conversations about this about 
schooling and education and college and um, what does that really mean being a college graduate and what, what you're taught, right? Well, it, there's a big wrench being thrown in the world right now, which is some of the richest people, especially younger, not the richest. I'm not, I'm not talking Jeff Bezos and, yeah. and Elon Musk and all that, but you're talking about the one percenters, not the, I'm point. talking about the kids who fucking are on TikTok, you know, twerking, oh. Oh. making $20 million a year. And that's a big deal because our kids are all on their phones all the time. And they're watching Dude Perfect, that those guys make $20 million a year from fucking throwing. I mean, that started. Which, throwing footballs and basketball. Which I think is great. They, they yeah. started in their, in Texas A&M like making trick shots. And they, they've made a superb living at it, you know. Um, and those are smart guys. And they leverage it really well. But there's also these, you know, the influencers and all this shit where as long as you have a million followers, yeah. all you have to do is fly around in a bikini and you're, you can make fucking 500 grand a year. So, you know, when, when the old, the old concept of you have to go to college and get a degree, I mean, degrees don't really mean shit anymore they unless the, you want to be a, in the corporate, if you want to be a doctor, yeah. if you want to be a lawyer, but even then, so yes, that, and, and again, we can now dive into the doctor thing for me and and the lawyer thing in terms of the reason we call this the common sense theory is it's like i've had numerous situations with doctors in my life personally where they've made the wrong call once with my child who is in the intensive care unit and they said that he had to have this thing that needed to be you know it's like strapped to him because his heart something was fucked up with his heart and I was like, no, he's fine. I don't believe that he's healthy today. So we went through this thing. I don't want to get too specific about it, but they made me spend the night and stay awake all night for 24 hours monitoring him while they monitored me on a camera and then said, you know, he's got a heart arrhythmia and blah, blah, blah. And I marked the times when these monitors fell off of his body in the middle of the night. And so we came back and they were like, yep, He's got a heart arrhythmia. And I was like, well, when, when did his heart stop or when was there? And they were like 2.44 in the morning, 3.33 in the morning, 5.30. And I had written down exactly the times when the monitors had popped off because he was so pissed that he was in the fucking NICU that he was right, ripping them off himself. And they actually put, they put mittens on his hands so that he couldn't pull the things off. Well, my times exactly corresponded with them. And if they hadn't, they would have sent him home with a monitoring backpack that had to be plugged in and had a 12-foot cord for six months. That was when I first started questioning whether this person who spent all this time in school, because I know, look, they're taught. This is what you do. This is the book you read, and this is the protocol you go through. And I also know insurance has a huge deal with it because they don't want to fucking get sued. Yeah. But the common sense in me said, this is fucking wrong. I have to do this for my son. And then I still had to sign a waiver, you know, to release him from the hospital. But I was happy to. I said, fuck off. And he's, you know, he's, 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 he's a grown, healthy kid. That's one of many that has happened to me through the medical world that where I've questioned and been like, this is crazy that people aren't questioning more. Yeah. And somebody very close to me who is a doctor told me very early on, uh, 20 years ago, he's a doctor. He's retired now, but. He said, you always have to have an advocate with you in the hospital, no matter what. 
you always have to have an advocate because you can't just trust yeah. because they're, they're just because they're educated no matter at what level they're going to have an opinion based scenario or not. They're just going to go textbook and people aren't textbook. Life isn't textbook. And so you've got to fucking have yeah. a scenario where you question things all the time about everything. I can tell you something interesting about that. So I've, uh, you know, living in California my whole life, I um, had Kaiser my entire life and you know, Kaiser does a good job at a lot of things, but I think they do a bad job at a lot of things as well. And it's funny, if you go for an appointment now, they type in what your symptoms are, they type in while you're talking to them, and the computer tells them what's wrong or what to prescribe. It's it's almost like a computer's managing your health now. It's the craziest thing ever. Uh, so that's totally crazy to me because each person is... An individual. Totally different, and everybody's prognosis is different. Their computer system tracks all the medications you're on, and so it could be very good in a lot of ways because a doctor could prescribe you a wrong prescription because they forgot you're on this. Yeah, you know, they're the, it, but so with your history, it's telling them it's giving a hypothesis of most likely what correct. should be happening. Correct, and I mean, I, I could see some advantage to that, especially with prescriptions. Like if you're going to get prescribed something, that, yeah. Has a you can't be with another uh, script, but uh, it just it kind of blows your mind that it's like a robot now. It's just not even a doctor like you know looking at you as a patient. It's just a, a machine, a robot. And you know Kaiser's probably the closest thing to like so, socialist medicine, if you will. Yeah. You know, like a. But uh, and I'm not talking shit on Kaiser. I've had it for <laughs> my entire life. I was born in the Kaiser Hospital. He loves Kaiser. <laughs> shut, shut me down next time I go there. Um, but before I forget, I want to circle back. You talked about like, um, you know, d defining success and, and then we went in, I don't know, we kind of spun off that, but like for me, this is about common sense. Defining success is so easy. It's happiness. Cause you can have all the money in the world to be miserable. That's not success. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, if you have all the money in the world and you're the happiest guy around, that's success. If you have no money and you're happy success yeah right yeah i, I sorry to circle back to that. I no no i'm glad you, you did because i i yeah we kind of spun off that pretty quickly i guess i was i i also t you know going off notes and stuff that i wrote down but i also um you know sometimes trying to see what i wrote in terms of um there's another another topic that had to do with what is success but instead of um instead of success it was about what uh, what is well i can't find it so let's just, um and i agree i agree success is happening and we were talking about the kids too like you know i you know i Growing up, it was always bothered me. It's like, oh, where's your, you know, your, people would ask your parents, where's he going to school? Or people first thing they say, where's you know, like, like someone getting into a good college is going to make him happy. I mean, maybe when they get the acceptance letter, but doesn't mean that doesn't equal happiness guaranteed. No, and and we've talked about this too because still right now, and I guess that's where I was going with like these YouTubers and stuff and making all this money is that in terms of monetarily, you know, getting your college degree is becoming less and less 
pertinent in terms of how people make money. Yeah, you said it perfect. Doctors, lawyers, engineers. Yeah. They need it. They need it. I mean, for now. Yeah. Bankers, but, MBAs. But even then, like when you think about it, if you, you know, I we know, <laughs> I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here, but, you know, engineers who has a degree in an engineering degree, uh, you know, they can look at something and they've spent college years trying to figure something out and I'll look at the same thing and figure it out in two seconds because you're, you, my brain isn't trained to think that way. So I think that it can inhibit you sometimes, you know, and, I'm, and that goes across the board, which yeah. goes back to the doctors. It's like, look, they're trained to think this way and they're taught. This is what you teach. This is what you do. And I think that the more and more we evolve, it's becoming clearer specifically, which is why I really wanted to start this podcast is you need other people who think differently and out, not necessarily outside the box, but maybe not in your box, yeah. you know? And, and that's why I love talking to you. And, and we have a group of friends that have great conversations and none of us really agree on everything. And it's important to do that because you, uh, that's how, you, that's how you forge ahead. And it's, you know, it's never the, smartest guy in the room who comes up with the best idea yeah. to be honest it's, it's well, let's, let's not throw doctors in the bus we need them we love of course them. I'm, I'm not throwing them yeah. under the bus I, I, I was coming back around to that obviously just because I'm a little upset about the for me personally the push on the mandates to vaccinate kids so yeah. I'm not of course we need them and you know if I also vaccines are science there but, but that mandate's not coming from doctors and Agreed. And, and I look, I love doctors. You, you need to have them. I'm not, I'm certainly not saying that if I broke my arm, I wouldn't try to common sense myself into how to fix it. Right. I mean, I, I go to the hospital and get it fixed. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that there, you need to question everything in, in my opinion. And at least, like I said, have an advocate for almost everything. Yeah. I mean, that's why people have, that's why, I mean, that's what my wife is for me. I mean, when I, I was writing an email the other day and you know, it wasn't the funnest thing to write. And she's like, don't send it yet. <laughs> Just wait. And I waited and she read it and you know, we talked about it. She's my advocate. Yeah. And I think everybody needs that. But when you're in a hospital or, you know, unfortunately even in a courtroom or whatever, you know, the lawyer is not your fucking advocate. And the way that it's set up is, we need advocates. Yeah. And well, I'll tell you because I want to beef up some doctors here. I uh, recently, a few months ago, went to a doctor and I didn't go to Kaiser. I went to a, um, um, a doctor has been in the family for a long time. And this was like no doctor I've ever been to in my life. He, he practices Eastern and Western Is he medicine. Is an MD? Mm-hmm. He doesn't take any insurance you have to pay cash it's a lot of private practice now because insurance companies are a fucking nightmare well he, he, his theory on it is you know he does eastern and western medicine and he doesn't want to be um you know backed into a corner sorry my mic was too far away um he, he doesn't want to be backed in the corner to have to treat people the way that an insurance company tells you, you have to treat them yeah and uh 
so they're, they're still the the doctors that you, the advocates you're talking about they're still out there you just got to find them yeah and, and again i'm not trying to you know this is a, a microcosm of a microcosm but so let's talk about that which is interesting right so doctors treatments and payment and insurance because when this whole COVID thing happened it was like you need to get tested everybody needs to test and then recently it's the home test right mm -hmm. so my wife looked up our insurance and they're like and she's like hey they cover the tests and i was like great i don't have time for that i'm gonna go to fucking Wal walgreens and buy yeah. a bunch of tests so i had to get the fifth stop i made i found some the most you buy was four there's two in each kid so i got eight kids were sick i was i did home. that i did that same run by the way yeah <laughs> yeah so I do the run, I, you know, we're sick, they're sick, they've got Omicron, whatever, but the tests weren't working, those home tests, which everybody on the media was saying, you got a home test, you got to, and these ones work. Well, I got those fucking ones that they said worked. Um, negative, negative, negative. It, I don't even know what it was, 125 bucks for, yeah. for four packs. Um, and then they say, once all those sold out, which was interesting, you couldn't find them anywhere. I think two days later they came on the media again and said, oh, those don't work. You got to go get a PCR. The day before that, my wife looks and goes, our insurance stopped covering PCRs yesterday. Hmm. I go, oh, isn't that a fucking coincidence? That's interesting. Not, not to go down a conspiracy hole, but mm -hmm. insurance ain't going to lose money. And neither is big pharma. But so, there's, there's been some question on the PCR test as well. If they were, for sure. Yeah. There's false positives, false negatives, false everythings. But I do know that my one of my children was uh, really sick. Not really sick. He had a fever for two days. But more sick than he normally gets. He doesn't really get sick. Um, we tested him five times with home tests. Negative, negative, negative. And then he had to be tested for something at school. And that was a PCR and he tested positive. Once he was already through it and healthy and had absolutely no symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of stories like that. Yeah, and that's a rabbit hole that we can go down forever, like everybody does. But um, I think the biggest thing again is what for me was my common sense. These are saying negative. He has every single symptom they're saying there is. We were at home. We're like, he's got it. I don't give a shit what the test says. Yeah. He's, he's he's got it. And then again. They're like, well, you really should only test positive in this, you know, there's a five day, it was a 10 day window, now it's a five day window. Well, he was on window day, day number five or seven when he got tested with a PCR and it was positive and he had no symptoms. So they just don't know anything Yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Moving target. Yeah. But meanwhile, they're still making a shit ton of money. So <laughs> I think the moving target's important for them. Yeah. You know? I mean, all right, let's take a little break because I got to take a piss. All right, we're back. Um, okay, so I wanted to, we, we talked a little bit after a little break about clarifying. I, we, we had talked about what success meant, and I think dialing it down more in terms of um, the time period. So I, I wrote down in one of my notebooks the other day, what's the difference between being smart now and smart 20 years ago well i think you could add some of that i think there's a difference between educated and smart well 
so that's kind of where I was going is that 20 years ago, being educated meant smart, right? You were like, I've got a, I've, I want to, I've got my degree, I've got this, that, and the other thing. But Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon. Zuckerberg, all these guys, they didn't even graduate college. Elon Musk didn't either. I don't either. think so either. So, so it's a, it's a interesting talking point because, um, there's so many, such a push to get your kids college educated when in fact, like we talked about earlier, most of these guys on TikTok or, or I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what the other things are. There's Twitch and all these other weird fucked up things, but they're making li- literally millions of dollars. I mean, I think there's, I, I mean, YouTube, I would put like the TikTok YouTube people in a category of like, you know, the top professional athletes, you know, it can't be everyone. Well, athletes don't need to be educated anymore. True. If you're an athlete, you're an athlete. You're getting drafted. I guess my point was there's always going to be outliers that are super successful, whether they have a college degree or not. And those YouTubers, yeah, we can think it's a joke and stuff, but I'm sure they work hard. I'm sure they struggled. I'm sure a lot of them had a, it took them 10 years to get, you know, 2 million followers. Yeah, but doing million. doing what? Well, I guess it depends on who you talk about. You talk about like a Kardashian here. Like well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, she, you know, a sex video launched her entire family into being billionaires, which, right? I mean, basically. I mean, but her mom was in the industry. Uh, you know, her her dad was a big time celebrity lawyer, you know. And then, I think that helped with her. I think there's some. They you, were put into that world. Yeah. But then you think about. Like, I, I, there's some guy on YouTube, just recently I read an article, and it's like, he's now the highest paid YouTuber. I couldn't tell you who he is or what he does on yeah. YouTube. But back to your point about educated and smart, too. I think education is important. I think it definitely helps people in life. I don't want to say, like, you know, just backstory, I don't have a college degree. Sean does. Um, Thanks for calling my name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm sure you said my name at some point. Never. Um, anyways, and it, I don't think it's something that like, you know, you know, learning higher education, it's it's not a bad thing, but it doesn't mean someone's going to be successful. No. And, and and I remember saying to you too, because at least for now, I think the only thing that it, if if you don't get a college degree as a kid, it only limits your opportunities, in my opinion. Who are the ones that look down on people that don't have college degrees? People with college degrees. If you're, if someone's so higher educated, they should be open-minded to know that someone doesn't need that to be smart. Someone doesn't need that to um, be successful. You know, it, it helps. So, like, it, I, I agree. I agree. But instead of looking down, I'm just saying limiting because. There's a lot of jobs, which, and again, I think this is going away, but like if you go on LinkedIn, you know, like you go for an application, it's like you need to at least have a college education. So, so right away you've limited that regardless of what the job is, right? Whether you really need one or not like that, again, this is, you're probably smarter than 90% of the people that have college degrees. Let's break down education though, right? So you have to learn how to do something. Right. A lot of degrees aren't learning how to do something specific to an industry anymore. Right? Well, trade schools, but other than that, well, yeah. Well, that's 
Let's talk about university college. Well, yeah, there's a lot to be said. That I mean, I went, I went to university and did my, as though I mean, I learned things, but like, I remember the first class I took, and there was like this one of the basketball players at my school was in it, biology. Mm-hmm. I think it was oceanic biology. It was in a fucking like state the stadium it was like classroom a fill, fill in class. Yeah, I was like, I got my credits to fill in this like gen ed thing, right? Did anybody in that class become a fucking biologist? Probably not, because it was biology 101, and it's stupid. Does it need to be part? And, you know, the amount of money that we're paying for education now, it's off the charts. It's a fucking, again, follow the money. These are money-making machines, and they need to keep making money. Yeah, but let's talk about what college is good for. So it definitely makes an 18-year-old grow up and live on their own and, and, you know, socialize, become, you know, meet new people. Um you know, he, you know, hear professors lecture on theories and a different way of looking at things. For that. sure. You know, so there, there are advantages, but I, I don't think it makes someone necessarily more successful. I think the people that do really school, good in school and have drive probably end up pretty successful. And I think they'd probably end up successful anyway. Perhaps. I, for me personally, and I, you know, speaking from my personal thing, I remember, and I'll give my mom credit. She said when I was in college, so I went to one college my first couple years and then ended up at transferring to another. But um, in the midst of that, she said, hey, all I care about is that you take this four years and I'm paying for it, which I also was really lucky that I grew up in a family that I didn't have to get student loans and I was able to pay for school. Um, And she said, this is four years of your life that's sheltered, in my opinion, where if you don't go to class, it's not like if you don't go to a job, you get fired. Well, you're not going to get fired if you don't go to class. And if you do something really stupid on campus, hopefully you don't get arrested and end up in jail. You, you learn from it. Maybe campus police will yeah. send you back to your dorm. And I took that to heart. and It really meant something because I did a lot of stupid shit. And I, well, I didn't get in that much trouble. So, it, it, you know, it, it gave me a four-year buffer. And also I learned a lot about relationships and how to deal with things. And it did teach me a schedule. I had, and I did end up figuring it out. It took me, it took me a while. You know, yeah. it took me the whole time. But eventually I was like, oh, I need to fucking do this. I need to go to class. I need to figure out when to eat. I need to wash my own clothes. I need to... Yeah. You know, and, and oh, I have a final tomorrow. I guess I can't stay out all night. There's a great part of here. You know, I had to make decisions. I was doing other things. You had, to be, you had to be responsible. It taught me responsibility that to me was invaluable. So, but do I, am I in the realm of work that I went to school for? No, not even close. So could I have learned those things other, other places? Probably, but it was a safe haven for me. Um, and also, I was in a group of people that were all my same age, and it was fairly safe. So it was a good experience for me in terms of my overall growth. So I think that is going to have to, it probably is going to change because there were some classes I remember I was like, fuck this class. It was like, you know, the history of 18, whatever. A lot of people enjoy that. You know, I know historians and like, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's important to our history, right? Yeah. But I ended up taking summer classes a lot. Because that's how I got my gen ed credits. And then during the year, I would take the classes I wanted to take. 
but they were like, look, that's not going to, that isn't part of what you need to graduate. And I was like, well, what do I need? They're like, well, you need Spanish, you need this, that. So I kind of slow rolled those in the summer because summer classes were known to be easier because the teachers were working in the summer. <laughs> it, it, seriously, you know, and yeah. so it, like it was, it was easier. So I, I mean, I worked the system, yeah. but it also helped me, you know, I couldn't live in the dorms in the summer. So like I got an apartment. And then, so, that, you know, but did it make me smarter in terms of what we think of smart? Because, uh, you know, we live great lives and we're raising great kids. We live in a great place. But then I look at these fucking guys who are, you know, they're filming themselves, smash beer cans into their heads. They have 3,000, 3 million followers and they're making more money than me. Yeah. So, well, you know. They found their niche. Well... Yeah, and, 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 you know, for this, I think it's important, like like I said, in terms of podcasting, it's becoming more and more of a thing, and I think it's important to get out there. It's a way to reach more people and a lot of people and maybe find um, people that feel the same way you do and can uh, connect with because there's a lot of negative shit, and we know that how Twitter works and all that stuff and divisiveness works. We know that. Yeah, and everything's pushed that way. Back, back. I know you. Before you wrap it up, um, you know, back to the the college thing too. Like, I learned a ton working in a business, right? Like, really, how business. And I've said this uh, many times: idealism is different from realism. And a, per, a professor lecturing on how to run a business or do this that's never done it, I have a hard time with that. You know, it'd be a hard. And I'm all for people working their way through college. You know, you have that day job, you take your classes at night, you will come out 10 times smarter than someone just going to college because you can actually apply real world experience with what you're learning. So that's my two cents on that. So let me jump in on that though, because most professors that are professors have done whatever they're teaching for the, for the most part. But trade schools and, and things like that. Sure. And are, those scenarios that, that people have done that. Yeah. Because you, you, most of the time they're not going to let somebody teach psychology who's not a psychologist, right? Or who's even my oceanic biology teacher, she was like an oceanic biologist, right? So professors are a little bit of a different story in terms of that because they have to be credentialized in order to teach that. Yeah, I get that. But... I do agree with you, and, and and that's kind of the point that I was getting to. Is I think college as a whole, we're, we're it's a it's a money factory at this point, and I think that making a living and being successful, like I said before, I think you in the world we still live in in the immediate moment, you're limiting your abilities. You're only limiting yourself. However, it doesn't mean that I'm saying you should go. To it, I mean, I see you extremely successful. You didn't go to college; you didn't need to. Um, and I know that a lot, you know, our kids may or may not. And I think the world's changing at a really fucking fast pace. Well, we, you know, Google didn't exist thirty years ago, and people can look up anything and be an expert on a subject instantly right. now. Absolutely, instantly. Well, so they think. 
Oh, I think, well, that brings up another <laughs> right, good, good old different browser. There's also, a, it's very questionable about what you find, right? Because yeah. it, whatever's put out there, it, and, and, that, and that's the evolution. But of, you could be, you could argue that what a teacher's teaching you is their theory, their, you know, you know, their beliefs, their, you know, and it could, someone could have a complete difference. So that's where the common sense comes in and you absolutely decipher it on yourself. You got to use your, you got to use your common sense, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guest, uh, anonymous guest number one. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you again soon, folks.